Big Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Well, good day, sir. Well, hello. I have a theory that I would like to run by you, and boy, am I excited about it. Yes, sir. Is Vine the purgatory of social media? Should we bring back the Vine? These are, these are legitimate questions. I, I didn't actually understand what Vine was until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. I was really slow to get with it, but I'm not. I'm not well, a. Hold on uh, a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. Can we just really quickly disassemble the fact that you said you were really slow to get with it? <laughs> that in itself, I think, tells us all that we need to know. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, we had uh, we had the live journal. Remember that dead journal? Yes. Uh, cruising I, for uh, chicks with issues on their LJ. Yeah. Um, but then we had uh, MySpace got really popular. Was it because everybody started a band and then put their music on their MySpace page that MySpace died? I mean, musicians killed the music industry, and I don't see why MySpace would be any different. Because you remember going to your friend's MySpace, and they'd have this awful music playing, like it's their band. Well, I remember two variants of that. One was the by design, like profile song type of thing, where you could have an, a song embedded. So mm-hmm. if you're a you're just a fan, you know, a fan of the arts and you want to spread the joy of your favorite band, which at the time I assume was Evanescence, uh, you would put that on your profile. But then there were the like music band profiles that had the, you know, multiple songs and had like a catalog of music, but individuals and brands and things co-opted that a bit to have their own. Mm-hmm. As um, as if they were having like a a playlist or something in the in the way that like modern brands are sponsoring Spotify playlists and Apple Music playlists. Mm-hmm. It's just that MySpace didn't really have the tech to make that seamless, so it was more just a workaround. Yeah, I still don't. I don't understand what happened really with that. I I understand why Facebook became like something, but. I guess Yahoo wasn't when they bought them, they weren't planning on, they weren't going that direction with it. And they just chose the wrong direction. I I don't really know. I do know that at that time in my life, I had split up with a long time girlfriend because of social media. Mm. The fact that she was stuck on social media all the time and I was done with it. Maybe that's why it had never got me sucked me in like the whole 
uh, thumbs up thing. You know, you get your likes or whatever are supposed to. There, it's designed to to release endorphins to like. It's supposedly it's supposed to get you addicted to that, whereas it doesn't do that for me, so I don't get addicted to it. You don't get the dopamine hit from likes because you've been cheated on with social media. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You have like a traumatic association. Right. Yeah. So I don't get that from it. Well, I think it goes without saying, but I'm happy to say it explicitly as well. I would choose you over social media. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Me and this person were pretty close. We, like we, it's not like we were, uh, uh, a short fling or anything. Uh, I you moved out <laughs> on my motorcycle. I just took what I could carry on my motorcycle and uh, took off. It wasn't until an hour later did she even realize that I had taken things and and she was like, "What's going?" And I was like, "I I moved out. I left." I'm just imagining how cool it is seeing you ride off into the sunset on your motorcycle with some evanescent song playing underneath it in the way of MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Some... It probably would have looked really cool, you know, with me like a backpack on my lap trying to hold on to the handlebars over it and a backpack on my back trying to carry as much of my stuff with me as I could because I didn't want to come back. Uh so I probably looked really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was nobody to watch me ride off in the sunset because she was still in my space. So. <laughs> you should have posted about it. I think that's the lesson we've all learned here. So Vine came out after that. <laughs> yes. Welcome to our chronology of some social media. So did Are you, you on- do it for the Vine? Well, I had I have two distinct periods of my life. I yeah initially had been doing things for the nookie but now i do them for the vine you currently do them for the vine yes <laughs> have you seen anything interesting on modern social media lately oh this modern social media actually i bet this could spawn some hot takes is podcasting social media i don't I don't think it is. I think it's more, I would say it's more underground media, (laughs) media, media than social media, because you don't get that instant, like the likes and the whatever, as you're, as you're podcasting, it's a show you release as the whole thing. And then it's just like a free market answer, really. Um, and the fact it's not on a platform like you're not our podcast isn't on it's not only on spotify or whatever it's just we put it out there for anybody who'll take it right yeah and i'm in agreement with you so i i heard someone recently say that podcasting was social media and i disagreed immediately in my gut But then I started thinking a bit more about it um, because there is something to the idea that what podcasting might become 
is some extension of social media. I think the best example is YouTube, right? Because if you are a creator on YouTube, which we are, so I'm not sure if you're listening to this on YouTube or Odyssey or... As of today's date, we are. (laughs) If you're listening to this a couple weeks from now, (laughs) I'm pretty sure we'll be off by then, but... If if this is if you're listening to this by way of vinyl from a time capsule, uh, it means we're gone, and uh, so is YouTube. So this doesn't even make any sense to you. But yeah, actually, but enjoy no, us on Odyssey. You can find our whole our whole archive on Odyssey. By the way, yeah, Odyssey will live on, right through the blockchain. Right, exactly. The blockchain is the only thing that will outlive the roaches <laughs> and Twinkies. No, just the roaches. It's it's Twinkies, blockchain, roaches. Okay. Okay. I'm I, I I'm a I'm a prepper. I know these things. <laughs> you just have like roach farms and Twinkies. I'm trying to crossbreed roaches and Twinkies <laughs> like for that. my YouTube channel, which is <laughs> what I was trying to say is that YouTube is kind of a social media, and that a lot of uh, vloggers, right, will create videos for their YouTube channel, but they also will interact with the people in their comment section as themselves. They mm-hmm. will interact with other people and their videos. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to blur the lines. Um, whereas, no, I absolutely agree with you on that. I think that YouTube is social media. I think it, I, I don't think that podcasting is, but you can social media on YouTube as a podcast, but I don't, I don't think you're necessarily social media as podcasting, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. In the same way that we use Twitter as a, as a podcast. Yeah, shout out to the cringe post guys. They've they've made a thing of that. I think I'm just saying that Twitter, Facebook, whatever, aren't the medium by which you podcast, whereas YouTube is. So where will it be 10 years from now when you're listening to this on the time capsule? Well, the the problem is is like YouTube is tightening the reins way too much. If anybody who had already listened to any of our podcasts on YouTube, if we hadn't just uploaded them recently, we'd already be kicked off by now. So like I was telling, like I said earlier in two weeks or so, as soon as they, the algorithms realize um, the things we've said, unless we've, I have been pretty good at not saying the, word of the drug as opposed to the horse pill i've been using that word instead oh that's true so like they might not get us but like it's not because they're not going to i'm gonna say something that's gonna boot us off youtube if you don't say it first we're short-lived on youtube they they've already said that any outside the narrative talk of 
COVID, they're they will boot you off the network. So um obviously none of our COVID talk is uh what is considered the allowable opinion on it. So no, I, I mean I don't think so. I've just been doing what Fauci said. Well, which 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 time? Yeah, from the beginning, no masks. <laughs> right. I I turned it off. Has he has he said anything else yeah, since then? No, I think it's still just the don't wear a mask and don't panic. You can live your life. Okay. Yeah. I think I, still that's I, still where he's at. <laughs> I just don't watch TV all that much, so that's the that's what I heard, and then I went outside. Yeah. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that, but I I don't think YouTube is gonna own podcasting. I, I think that YouTube was a good way f- to monetize things like podcasting and whatnot to get the money. But there's a lot of people who podcast who don't put any faith in YouTube. Uh, they do just fine. Do do great. They don't get their money through YouTube. So. Um, I know that we sh- definitely, if we, if we've decided to put any of our time and effort into YouTube uh, as a means to monetize this show and move it forward, we would be idiots, dumb, just, and <laughs> that's the great thing about podcasting is there are so many outlets for it. I mean, you could just have your website and a great email chain and you wouldn't even need any of the catchers really and and there's so many catchers being built all the time that even if you weren't on one of the major ones you could you could be for convenience reasons people who like your show could listen to you on one of the smaller ones uh we just need to be careful not to let anybody get control over that through uh, what what was that law that uh, got repealed or whatever the fair internet or whatever net neutrality yeah that one yeah we we got to be careful with shit like that because that all that sounds pretty the name of it Patriot Act I mean basically we know that it's one of the most un-American things we've ever done. So, like, <laughs> well, we know things are are continuing to evolve and always will. Um, one one way in which we're very lucky is that technology is always going to evolve faster than those regulations. That's true, and that's why I'm not so much asking about podcasting or social media or anything today so much as I am what it's going to evolve into because I don't consider podcast a social media and what YouTube will become. I wouldn't consider a podcast. It kind of falls into that same thing is what the evolution of social media, the evolution of technology, the evolution of media in general, and then the evolution of libertarianism we have a new thing popping up and what they're most of them are liking to call themselves post-libertarian now 
like a lot of things that are new, there's a lot of different ways these things are going, and they're all claiming to be this post-libertarian. Um, are are these people self-identifying as post-libertarian, or are these people who are libertarian calling out other people as post-libertarian? No, they're they're self-identifying most of them as post-libertarian. It's a for some of them, uh, it seems to be like a way to say, oh, I'm so much further in the thought than you, old libertarians. Like it's like a, you know how when you become a libertarian at first, you read all those books and then you go out around your family and you're like, holy shit, these people are dumb. And You know, like you kind of get drunk with the knowledge that you've just learned, you know, like walking around, I'm the smartest man in the world. (laughs) You know, like, I think that they are some of the people who have gone this direction, not all of them. Some of them are going there in a lot more pure uh, mindset, but like some of the ones that annoy me the most, it seems like they're looking for that high again. Yeah, you're you're chasing that forever, right? Yeah. Because the knowledge of good and evil, eating the fruit from the tree is incredibly pleasurable, but when you turn back around, you realize what happened to get you there. Mm-hmm. So you're always trying to move forward. So I, I think I understand why you would want to do that but it's pretty similar to fresh libertarians getting overzealous about things that they learned 10 minutes ago right i'm like you were just as foolish yesterday before you knew this Mm -hmm. and now you're putting down your friends your family whoever because they're one day behind you yeah it's preposterous it's it's the thing that we keep seeing with all the familial breakdowns, people just willing to wholesale cut themselves off from their families at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's what the COVID conversations have come to. People would go, eh, I just, I don't talk to my uncle anymore. Yeah. And we've normalized that. My, my father is not allowed to my wedding because he won't get a vaccine that doesn't protect us, doesn't stop us, doesn't stop us from giving it to anybody. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I see it in close people close to my family, close in my life. Uh, I know a father who's not going to his, not invited to his daughter's wedding. But what we were getting at with this is not all the post-libertarian people I listen to are coming from it or coming from that point of view. There are some people going through some things in their lives. And I think they're going through uh, a, a significant change. And if 
you're listening to this and you know who I'm talking about, that's fine. I don't want to call him out in uh by name because uh I love this person and I disagree with them, but it's not coming from a place where I would even want to argue with them face to face because I have faith in the fact that this person's gonna work through all this and come come back full circle and be a better man because of it. Uh, so, but but we all need to do this. So like I'm not knocking this person, but they're post-libertarian claiming to be post-libertarian. And it's more of a spiritual thing with this person. So I think most of us here understand that uh, post-libertarian people, a lot of them are saying it's like, uh, imagine the, the, the Mises Institute, not the Mises caucus, the Mises Institute. Uh, You know how they've always pushed infiltrating the, Republican Party yep. to advance liberty. That's kind of where they came from, right? Uh, that was the strategy when that institute was developed. And uh, a lot of them still think that's the way to go, even in today's climate. And that's that's absolutely fine. But they're coming to that same conclusion from a NAP a principled position. Okay. This person that I'm speaking of, he is also coming to this from this principled position. Um, that's why I think he, he, he will make it, you know, he'll, he'll get through whatever he's going through. Um, I want to address his major claim though. His major claim is that, you know, the, the Mises caucus people, uh, I'm a, I'm part of the Mises caucus. I paid, I've donated, I've paid my, you know, my share. Um, so, you know, I can say mean things on Twitter feeds too, but, (laughs) um, he says that we shouldn't be doing this, what we're doing. Uh, it's only going to end in tragedy for us. It's a fool's errand to, to do, you know, to take over the libertarian party, to try to make it a principled thing. It's pointless. It's, and he may be right or I believe he is right, actually, in if if we were going into this thinking that we were going to change the federal government <laughs> by doing this. Uh, I think that he's found fellowship through the church, a place that he's never had fellowship through before in his life. He's never been a religious person. And he's happy there and he wants to share that. And that's where this is coming from. But people like me, I've 
been where he's at. I've done the fellowship there. I'm finding fellowship here. This is where I feel comfortable in making my change. And I think that's what he's forgetting is that he's lived his life one way and I've lived my life another. This is, this is where I'm at. This is where he's at. Uh, so his claim that where will I be when his question, where will I be when Ron Paul dies? What happens to me then? That question comes from an assumption that I'm only here because Ron Paul exists. So when he ceases to, I have nothing to follow. But do, are you a libertarian because of what ro- comes out of Ron Paul's mouth? Well, what comes out of his mouth as well as what comes out of his disciples' mouths, because what Ron Paul says is God-breathed. So when Ron Paul dies, there will be three days of darkness. He will rise again on the third day, and then we will share his teachings every Sunday for thousands of years. There you go. Problem solved. So Ron Paul has changed a lot of people's lives. Uh, brought a lot of people to liberty. But there were people who did this before Ron Paul. So I'd like to do a little exercise and try to think back or put yourself way back before the Ron Paul movement when the Libertarian Party was very small. Uh, Things were bleak. And think about um, even worse than that, Austrian economics was almost completely wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, Mises brought it back from pretty much the only guy (laughs) who was studying it. Uh, so he brought it back and it used before at one point it was the dominant uh, economic thought think tank so it was the school that mattered and then it it died because of you know governments don't really like what austrian economics says because they can't manipulate stuff um and mises revived it and Mises brought people to liberty through economics. And he brought somebody uh, very influential to, to liberty, um, a, a man by the name of, uh, let me get this right. Let's see, I have to get it written down here. Uh, uh, Murray. Uh, Murray. 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 Rathbart. Somebody call me. You know, at this point when uh, this this Murray was um, teaching and speaking and uh, learning people a couple things of <laughs> your uh, your Ron Paul really hadn't done anything liberty oriented at that point. You know, um, Ron Paul was a uh, was a was a doctor he uh delivered babies things like that i would say he is a doctor 
Oh, yes. He's still alive. Thank God. I know you've thank, been going. Thank through. Rothbard. <laughs> um, thank Mises. <laughs> so he delivered babies and things. So he was learning things like how to deliver babies. And there was a guy, Murray, this Murray, who was teaching things about liberty and economics and caught the eye of a Ron Paul. And he was like, now I want to learn how to deliver babies in an economically sound way. <laughs> right. And I, I'm, it may not have been Murray's teachings that got Ron Paul you know, hooked to begin with, but Murray did uh, mentor the great Ron Paul uh, and other people. Um, uh, Tom Woods uh, was was mentored by personally by by Murray Rothbard, and he he grew the the Liberty Movement uh, by by planting these seeds in these once young people. Uh, some younger than others. You get your your Ron Paul, and then your Tom Woods, and many others. You your Lou Rockwell, uh, people like that, right? Um, and then it, you know, through Ron Paul and the, the those teachings and these podcasts, like the Tom Woods Show and Bob Murphy all the great things he's done. Um, it's created more people like uh, Dave Smith, for example, a comedian who's now on major news networks. And uh, there's talk about running for president. Uh, you've got you uh, guy who we're talking about, <laughs> for example. And that's where, I'm going to be when Ron Paul passes away that sad, sad day is I'm going to be right here scrambling to spread the message and help people. That's why you can be a anarcho capitalist libertarian and a Christian because those two values they co they line up pretty well the spreading the message that's something that's taught in the christian uh books i know and helping people not just helping people by giving them money but teaching them how to fish so I'm going to be here that awful day. And I hope that answers your question. And uh, I hope maybe I listened to you that last podcast you did. And I love the fact that you're, you're happier now and you're not angry and saying awful things. That I know you regret uh, about people who are 
deciding to go a different direction than you at the time. And uh, I hope this just clarifies why I'm choosing to go a different direction. And maybe we can uh, continue to work together to spread liberty instead of trying to differ, differentiate ourselves from each other by calling ourselves post-libertarian. Because I, I know you recognize the problems with that and what it stemmed, what kind of problems have stemmed from this movement. And you get these people like, uh, what's that guy? Uh, something of a son or whatever the uh the writer oh, shit anyway like people are he got booted from youtube a long time ago but he writes or whatever a lot of these post libertarians are reading this guy and he's got some good stuff he's definitely a lot liberty oriented but like he's not as intelligent as his writings claim that he is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his understanding of economics is pretty uh, elementary. Pete is really listening to this guy, reading him. And the problem is, is this guy has some really good ideas, but then he ties them into his elementary understanding of economics which can turn stuff bad right when you under when you think you understand economics but it, you don't so um and i think it's 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 planting seeds for bad ideas in very right-leaning libertarians uh that are in today's climate are scared because of all of the attacks that are being made on their liberties and is leading them down questionable paths. So you've got people who want to use small government to create liberty. All right. I'm with you. Let's, Let's get there. But then this is where we differ. And these people, and these are the people that I'm talking about who are looking to be smarter. They, they get, they're drunk off of that. I know more than you kind of thing. Um, then they've got all these ideas on how to protect that power. And have this so-called oasis of freedom in the middle of this tyrannical federal government by tyrannically controlling this small area. Do you mean like a commune? I'm not quite sure. What yeah, you kind of. Uh, like basically taking over a small government and just through elections, right? Maybe lying. As when they're running, which is 
typical as a politician, right? But then doing it like, you know, have appointing all their friends and just kind of taking it over. Making friends with all the police there. So, you know, it happens as peacefully as possible. But then, all right, if you're talking commie talk, you know, we're going to, you're good. We're going to boot you out of the town. You're leaving. So this is where Liberty leaves. The idea is I'm, I'm fine with that. If there's no private property, right? Like if they don't have private property there and you don't want them there and you do own the private property, that's fine. Right. But if they have property, they own it. The moment you make them leave or sell that you're not fighting for Liberty anymore. Because liberty and private property are tied directly together. They can't be separated. To try to separate them is to take the humanity out of liberty. And we're born, we have liberty because we're humans, because we're born this way. We're born free. So as soon as you try to separate that, it turns into some really evil shit really easily. So, so the proposal is take over a small town, which is, is certainly nothing new in the, let's say mm-hmm. not post libertarian, but regular libertarian movement. Mm-hmm. But this idea is to have a post libertarian idea of taking over the government. And instead of being, a pacifist you are going to kick out all of the non who don't believe in liberty but to do that if they own property and you're kicking them out of property then you don't believe in liberty so it's a very it's just it seems to me like at that point you're just creating the town you want yeah, maybe I'm confused, but I don't see how that's any different than what we have now. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they, they're trying to do it without, you know, a lot of like basically eliminating taxes as much as possible through like their terrible understanding of economics and uh, their, their, their economics modeled relies on the dollar being sound. Uh, I listened to the entire proposal, but well, it has to do with investments and stuff like that. Stock market to be able to like take the the budget that uh, like the town has or whatever, and just make the town work off of the interest. But that requires the dollar that they're using to stay sound, which obviously isn't going to happen. So like. Well, then my question to him would be, where will you be when the dollar dies? Yeah. Pete is kind of on board with these guys that we're just talking about. This is why, um, as much as I love listening to Pete's show, I can't do it right now. I've heard enough of his idea. I gave it a, a, a really good, like... I mean, I really respect Pete. So, like, whatever he's going through now, I I do have faith that he'll 
find the flaws in this and turn away from at least the flawed parts, right? I do, I do honestly have that faith in Pete, but I don't want to hear his sales pitch on it anymore. <laughs> so as of right now, I'm not listening to your show, Pete. So does um, he just have these people on regularly? Is that the deal? Yeah, he does. He has them on a lot. Um, and then he has a lot of his older guys, the guys I like listening to some of the guys from Atlanta. He had a bunch of like gun people who were, they were libertarians, but they were like, their their whole focus was more guns. They didn't really have an economics, um, root in Liberty. It was more like they like the gun aspect of libertarians. Right. So like, I feel like they're kind of, I don't know whether they're with Pete on this whole move, but they they really don't care enough to argue about it. You know what I mean? They're just, they want to talk about how to, you know, preserve the 3d printing of weapons or like, and, and all that's great. I love that shit. And that's, I, that's the one thing I really miss about his show, you know, those kind of things. You don't get those from a lot of the other podcasts, but the person that we were speaking about earlier, without saying it, they said they're not on board with this. The, the platform itself sounds like communism with more steps. So that obviously is not ideal, but mm -hmm. The piece that I would like to acknowledge as being, I think, a quality exercise is where will you be when Ron Paul dies? Because it sounds like, and maybe this is a bit of a reach, but is he projecting where he was before and resents the fact that he hitched his wagon to Ron Paul as a person who was a libertarian and now he's one step removed from that and warning others not to do the same because yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I think there, I think there were things that he was doing in his life that didn't necessarily have to do with libertarianism. It's just that libertarianism was very accepting of the things he was doing in his life. So he probably attached those two things together, especially back then, you know, uh, and, and I think that could be a lot of the pushback he's doing now, because it, think about it. If you're going through a, a spiritual awakening that you've never experienced before, I don't know if you were ever re religious, uh, Bart, but I was, I, there was a time in my life that it was like super fucking important to me. It's very overwhelming. It's very emotional when it happens, right? When that first happens to you. So I think he's just trying to exercise the demons, you know? And, you know, it's a little bit of that throwing out the baby with the bathwater. But like I said, I think he's principled man from from his talks uh i've listened to him i think he's still on principle i don't think he's with this whole communist thing 
that's attached to his little movement. Um, but I think that he's probably going to be booted from his movement before <laughs> the bad ideas are. Well, I, I hope that folks can take away that correlation doesn't equal causation. So just because you were hitching your wagon to a particular person when you were a libertarian doesn't mean that everyone who's a libertarian does that. That's your own uh, to borrow from current culture lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that one of the most immature moves that most people make in adulthood is just doing the opposite of whatever their parents did, whether that yeah. be with religion or politics. It's not interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just rebellion. So if you haven't learned the actual lesson, which is it's about liberty, it's not about Ron Paul, then you probably won't fare any better in another movement because you haven't realized it's not about the dollar, it's about post libertarianism. Mm-hmm. I-, I would like you to. Think about this as uh, as a Ron Paul person. Ron Paul preaches liberty, not Ron Paul. So, have you listened to anything he said? Because it's it, he definitely didn't do it to advance his career. <laughs> he he made it to Senator Paul. Like all he would have had to do was be cool with a few of those lobbyists bend a couple of his principles here and there and he could have been a very wealthy man way more wealthy than he is but he didn't so much so that the lobbyists stopped going to his office you could see him waiting you talk to anybody who was walking the halls of the the senate back then you could see lobbyists waiting to go in to talk to senators and nobody was standing in front of Ron Paul's office. I think this is just like any other Christ figure where you forget the message and it becomes a religion. Folks who are addicts never stop being addicts. Mm-hmm. If you are a person who is religious you're going to find religion in something else. You can't turn that off without actually solving the problem. You've just solved the symptom. And it sounds like if you were following liberty just because of Ron Paul, you weren't following liberty. It's tough, right? And that's why I do push people who are really interested in liberty to read some economics books please first and just get a nice foundation of it you don't have to be like an expert on economics but get a get a foundation because the evil that the state uses is you know currency and money manipulation and actual productivity you know, 
they manipulate that into currency that they manipulate right and i i if people can differentiate differentiate the two between actual wealth like wealth of work wealth of productivity wealth of creation and money they can see how the state is manipulating the things that they do the time they're away from their family into enriching itself and if you don't have that it's very easy to get you know it all twisted right because there's a lot of numbers right <laughs> they do a, they do a lot of things to be like oh put your money here and you'll get rich you know and you're like oh yeah you know my interest rate's lower that's good because it i mean it, when you are going to get a loan on your house you want a lower interest rate so you just you just equate that lower interest rates are good because when you're trying to get a loan on a house they're good but you don't think about all the things that they've affected by artificially lowering the interest rate to make you you're like shit like if you if you follow the central bank back you're like fuck man like if they hadn't a, stolen all this wealth out of the productivity of the of humanity in america i probably could just work a you know couple years and buy a house like this cash money but instead i'm 30 years locked in a loan you know but that was the design that was what they did on purpose that's how they suck the wealth out of us the productive and they don't have to work so where will you be when ron paul dies i will be fighting the federal reserve and the republicans like to talk about people on welfare i'm going to fight the guys getting rich on welfare and that's the federal reserve they don't produce anything. They sit on their fucking asses in nice ass mansions, not the projects. And they suck all of my time away from my family. Five months a year they get from me. Ron Paul helped me to learn that. Along with Murray Rothbard, Louis Von Mises, Tom Woods, Bob Murphy. Michael Malice, Dave Smith, Vince Armani, Pete Quinones, even you, Pete, Chris Spangle. I mean, shit. I hope you're doing good with the Bob and Tom thing still, if you're still with that. We do miss you. We love you even with your leftist things every once in a while. I mean, damn, Roger Paxton. Where the fuck are you, man? We need you start talking i'm gonna be at at a memorial for ron paul when he passes dude i'm gonna use the opportunity the publicity of his death to promote liberty the thing he would want me to do i mean 
I'll celebrate every moment that man was alive when he dies. That's where I'll be. <laughs> I can tell you where I won't be. And that's figuring out how to make a communist nation that, you know, is centered around my kingdom. That way I can suck the wealth and the happiness out of the people around me. I won't be doing that. I just don't know how else I can explain it, that it's not about Ron Paul. It's about liberty. It's about my kids being free to make choices. It's about them not being forced to get an injection that may, down the road, very slim chance, cause them to have cancer. That's what I'm fighting against. That's what Ron Paul was fighting against. That's what is fighting against. He's still fighting that fight today. If you listen to the day, the weekly report, he fight every what fifteen minute podcast every day. He fights it like the first COVID, the new thing with COVID. He it's like he's a broken record, but he's fighting for you every single day. If you didn't hear his message, then that's because you weren't listening. 